Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by Tell Me Studios for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm Fraser McGrew and I'm here with Chris Ragg and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. And this week, we're discussing shoes. So Nick, I believe you have a social engagement coming up um, and shoes are a factor in this. Tell us. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to a wedding in Italy in a, a, about a month's time and it's, uh, I'm, I'm an usher. And so that means the, the groom has very kindly uh, bought me a suit. But uh, part of the condition of this suit, <laughs> of owning this suit, is that I have to wear uh, tan shoes. It's a very dark blue suit, and in order to fit in with the other other ushers, I need to be I need to wear a pair of tan shoes. That's very Italian. Tan yeah. Shoes. Well, the problem is that I don't own any tan shoes. Um, in fact, I've only got two pairs of shoes, uh, which are, one is one is my comfortable pair, and my, the other is my smart pair, mm-hmm. and they're both black. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Anyway, so I did conducted a quick uh, survey of, of um, it was actually in in a pub at the time with him uh, uh, this weekend, and I was asking various random members of uh, the the population of Bournemouth um, how many of them had had tan shoes, and and the answer was uh, actually only 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 about two out of ten people we asked owned tan shoes. Um, and and uh, but the, but the other the other people there um, did did own tan shoes. They, so the other people going to the wedding apparently needing tan shoes was not an issue for them. Uh, anyway, so we're having discussion about tan tan shoes and you know whether whether a proper gentleman ought to just own a pair of tan shoes only for the country, right? Yeah, uh, maybe I don't know. I'm just Blue and brown, so never in town. Right, I'm so exactly. I'm so hopeless with shoes uh, and clothes in general that I just don't have a sense of of whether this is uh, normal or strange to not own tan shoes. Well, I have a pair of tan shoes I could I could lend you. By the what way. size are your feet? Size ten. I'm I'm a bit bigger than that, so ten and a half. But also, I've got very unusual feet. They're very wide, uh, so sh- you know, shoes don't fit me generally. I have to go and try loads of them on. Um, so um, you got two pairs of shoes. You just soon to be three, yeah, not, unless not you... including not including um, sandals ah, and, and, okay. my, and my one pair of trainers, but I don't ever wear those. So, yeah, evident, yeah. yeah. Um, Chris, how, I think I've only got one pair of shoes. Then, right? Uh, if we if we're counting flip flops out of this, yeah, then... we are we are a shoe poor group of men here. Chris, yeah. Well, I, again, it depends what you define as a shoe. Um, but I've I've got four. Footwear, I've got a lot of footwear for all sorts of different activities, hiking, running, uh, playing various sports and uh, doing various, yes, different different physical activities. Uh, But in terms of posh shoes, uh, I think I've got two pairs of posh shoes. I've got one. I suspect we're unusually... We're unusually low on shoes as a group. I think. Well, I think we are. So, what does that tell you about us then? So, if you well, capture our, so yeah. so I, I mean, this is this this is the the age old issue. Everyone's granny will tell them that you can tell a lot about a man by his shoes. And I know, for example, uh, it's a, a lot of uh, older people um, didn't like Kenneth Clark because he had he used to wear these sort of brown suede 
shoes, I yeah. think, which were considered very shabby. Um, and so what we what this immediately makes you think that we're talking about uh, a signaling game. So a game theory, a signaling game is one where um, you look, you, you are... Um, behaving in a certain way which isn't directly related to the thing you're interested in but for various reasons may still give you information uh now in in signaling games can come in various different forms uh but there are there's a really two two main cases that we need to think about one is one is where there is uh, a benefit to both sides for the sender and the receiver to 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 give accurate information so this is where you know i let's say that by using the right shoes i could um i could i could for example indicate my sexual orientation and that might benefit everyone because it means that you'll instantly be able to spot other people who are you know uh, of the appropriate sexual orientation to yourself that's that's for but an, uh, th- then there are other there's another case where um where you your your interests aren't necessarily uh, necessarily aligned and perhaps you'd like to uh it would be better there are good types and bad types and it'd be better if you could imitate the signals of a different type um so here, the good example might be well let, let's say that certain pairs of shoes are only worn by rich people and let's say that rich people get an easier time of it uh getting into restaurants and things well if you were poor you might still want to wear the shoes of a, a rare rich man's shoes for example so there's that's that's a kind of uh, signaling situation where you you couldn't necessarily trust the information now shoes actually have quite a high potential bit rate of information right because shoes can come in lots of different forms so in theory a shoe gives you quite a lot of information that you can transmit now the question is uh d- does it do people use shoes for signaling and the definitive piece of research on this is Gillath and Barnes et al 2012 uh where they they were interested in this question could you just uh you, you know by by basically taking people measuring them on on various aspects of their personality their income their age uh and so on and just taking their shoes of preference so which shoes do they like to wear the most could other people make those judgments about them and uh they were people were astoundingly accurate uh in their ability to assess things like political orientation income age uh extroversion gender uh, openness gender is the easiest one <laughs> but 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 you know just by looking at people's shoes which so so basically it's pretty definitive yes you can tell a lot about a man by the shoes that he wears okay so i so let's sort of bring it back down so what can one tell about us then who don't own many shoes and just got one or two pairs knocking around between us yeah well maybe maybe we're not we're not planning to signal too uh too, too much that we want uh well and that's the point isn't it that we're, we're signaling through lack of signaling am i right right but this is the um this is this is indeed one of the things that they were looking at uh was so if if for example uh people who are very open tended to um have bright colorful shoes and openness is you know the the uh, sort of openness to experience uh your preference for variety and so on people who are there i suppose the interesting uh, things are emotional stability which was negatively correlated with pointy toes and high heels uh if you have casual and comfortable shoes you're more likely to be emotionally stable so so you know which uh i think if if our shoes are like mine and kind of a bit not terribly well kept and and just chosen for comfort rather than flashiness then it but probably I, means we're see, emotionally see I, stable. I think there's i think there's there's meta signaling going on as well because um the shoe fashions uh obviously evolve you know it's a dynamic 
so pointy shoes may be fashionable at one stage and and uh, not fashionable you know strange at another at another stage in time but i think there's a type of person who wears a fashionable shoe yeah whatever so this, that yeah. might be yeah but they, that's that's that they, don't worry they've got that covered yeah. right and uh they found that basically having stylish shoes and that were neat and clean and well kept was associated significantly with attachment anxiety so basically if you want to be liked by people the extent to which you care about being liked by people uh will predict the fashionableness of your shoe so so if we as i think we probably do uh don't have particularly fashionable shoes it shows that we have low attachment anxiety so we in other words we don't particularly care what other people think now that that is we, a we are based as people, the youth would say but people people <laughs> the point is that people do pick up on that so even though uh i mean the point is people we are really good at using information about people's shoes uh which shows that you know we are very good actually at making at making snap judgments and, and at using information really effectively you see see i um, think there's i think there's something about about shoes um uniquely that that is quite good for signaling information because uh it's not at it's not at eye level so you can surreptitiously check somebody out and gain this information without without it being obvious, like without you sort of you know eyeing their jewellery. Yeah, or you can hide like under that. the table, check out which people you want to talk to, and then pop up exactly at the appropriate <laughs> spot. Yeah, that wouldn't be strange at all. <laughs> but there's clearly, I mean, there's clearly something about shoes which have always been used as a as a as a social uh, indicator. You know, the the fact that being unshod was a a clear sign of um you know poverty generations uh previous uh and you know so my grandparents were always concerned about you know whether or not i was wearing wearing shoes because they felt it might indicate that we couldn't afford shoes if i didn't have them on my on my yeah. feet um and you know if you look at the ultimate sort of uh extravagance um you know if you think about cases like Imelda Marcos and and how that mm. captured everybody's imagination the fact that she had so many shoes she couldn't possibly have have worn them you know all that signaling on that level where um there's something about a shoe which is a very utilitarian piece of clothing uh that you know makes it sort of all the more powerful if you're prepared to wear uh, particularly uncomfortable, you know, uh, Manolo Blahniks or, yeah. or something. Uh, th- that that tells you something about your willingness. Yeah, to... I, but I mean, so what that shows is that if you give people a space in which to signal, they'll work out how to signal with it. Um, you know, that that's the point. That shoes, as I said, they, they do because of the potential variety that you get in shoes. Um, have have a very high potential for for being used as signals um yeah so i mean i think things like uh you, you know so if we in order to so we, you know i was mentioning there are signals that we want to send because we want them to be received accurately uh and and so there are things like i mean the the um the state of repair of your shoes and their and how expensive they are is is um negatively related to uh political ideology for example so liberals at least i have to say all of this is prefaced with in their study group which was uh generally people in their early 20s who were who were college students um so so you can predict you know how left wing someone is now people might want that might be something that people want to communicate that's fine you maybe you want to find other lefties or other conservatives um but there are other things so you know where something like 
uh, price where you want to you you might people who are rich want to signify want to signal that they're rich because it makes you high status. Uh, that's now that the point is that's hard to replicate. So so signals in order to do that job of of effectively keeping out the riffraff, they have to be hard to replicate. And and basically the fact that you can have a very high price range in shoes, you can have shoes that are ridiculously expensive and shoes that are really cheap means that that then gives you the capability to signal. Uh, it's, It's harder to do that with something like a tie because it's very... It's very hard to get. I mean, it's yeah, very hard to spot an incredibly yeah. expensive tie. But also, it's one of the things that Chris is saying is that shoes are, you know, one of the ultimate things in utility. Pretty much everyone's got to have a shoe. But at the same time, there's a huge variety and all sorts of price ranges and styles, and yeah. so it, it offers both. It's really it's very common. It's everywhere, but with lots and of variety as well. I think, I think well. you know, like 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 nick you were saying about uh you know it's giving people this the space to signal and uh you know some some places where you think okay no that shoe really is u- utilitarian you know you look at uh wellington boots now and and uh you know the fact that they have become um a fashionable item and one which you, there is a large price differential in if you look at um you know what happened to uh, uh sneakers in the in, in the u.s and um uh, the designer Tinker Hatfield and and the Air the Air Jordans. Those of you are old enough to remember them and how the price that they fetched and that they were even people were even murdered over these these shoes. They were considered such high status uh, uh, items. And uh, you know, there's something that that principally is about stopping you from spraining your ankle and slipping over, and yet you know uh, um becomes this this highly desirable uh item i think that's a yeah i mean it's it's one of those uh things where you could say that having a social uniform um you know i i would guess that a hundred years ago all middle class people would have very very similar shoes now if you go to the average office you you might find a mix of different colors different shapes you know you might find some people wearing trainers and all and the, the people have the ability to uh to to signal far more now so perhaps you know perhaps perhaps the the amount you can tell about someone's shoes has actually has increased significantly which begs the question it. where are where are shoes shoes going you know in the, in in the future well that's a good point actually because we're close to sort of going in the direction of wrapping up and so that's a good question to pose so um yeah exactly what chris well, said where are we going shoes what's the future of shoes what's the well one of the um w- one of the things that's being developed or in fact been developed i don't know if you remember the uh, uh um the back to the future michael j fox self-fastening uh uh trainers uh they that technology is now has has been developed and is being re- refined um but again you know i mean obviously the the, the usefulness of not not having to fasten your own shoelaces is relatively limited even even as accepting for you know it being able to dynamically tighten when you're doing different but things but also and so on. um you can see that that actually the ability to tie your shoelaces <clears throat> is a useful signal right so if you have shoelaces uh, it at least says that you have the whatever modicum of ability is required to do that um and it's a bit like being able to tie a tie or something uh if you can't do it you, you i think people would you know draw perhaps quite rightly certain conclusions about well you. i mean it is it is a classic um uh, sort of term of uh, abuse of low intellect isn't it that they couldn't even fasten their own shoelaces exactly so um, so so there is always there's going to be a, a just if shoes give you the ability to do something complex 
to signif- signal some kind of intellectual ability, people will want to exploit that. So I so I can see that this 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 that you know even if they're massively convenient, I mean, but why haven't Velcro shoes taken off as as smart shoes? You know, uh, and I think that's going to be a large part of it because because you probably look like you can't tie your shoes if you. Um, the only the only technology I want out of shoes is to get the bloody things to fit properly. And thankfully, the idea of three D scanning and possibly you know three D printing shoes that'd be that'd be great because I I go through hell. I, this is one of the reasons I've only got two pairs of shoes. Um, my feet are really wide, and this means that whenever I have a pair of shoes, it takes weeks of you know compede plasters and uh, hobbling about before I can actually function properly. Well, now you're talking because I have, you know, my feet are relatively normal. It's I think one's bigger than the other, which of course is normal for lots of people. But um, each one seems to sit on a slightly different shoe size, and so I have all sorts of problems with my right foot. And so this sort of technology, unless I sort of transform into Prince Charles tomorrow and get my shoes made handmade for me, this sort of technology would be really handy if it can be affordable as well. So because um, it is, it is still amazing to me that uh, there are people who really struggle to find shoes that fit them when when you know you do have i mean obviously they treat a foot like a like a rectangle to all intents and purposes which is you know if you if you have a particularly oddly shaped foot then that's not going to fit in the uh in the rectangle but yes the uh the the promise of bespoke shoes for low cost uh, it could could be quite transformative for um the the ugly sisters of this world (laughs) Uh, um, I mean, shoes are a big deal in in folklore, aren't they? Yeah. So yeah. obviously, shoes loom large in people's well, in people's yeah. minds That's as right. a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yes, the Cinderella story and uh, the old uh, woman in the shoe. Yeah. Jace, got, Jason and his uh, and his missing sandal and uh, uh, and you got you know, the little pixies. The little elves used to go off each night and make, sh- the, make the shelves in the shoemaker. Shoe yeah. yeah. What's the deal with shoes? Puss in boots. Puss in boots. I'm sure there are many more. Um, okay, before we sign off, uh, could we take, given what we've been talking about, shoes? By the way, that was one of my favourite podcasts we've ever done, <laughs> and I want to get, I want to find out more from you, Nick, about that um, bit of research because uh, that sounds fascinating. Well, I mean, the authors are quite open about the fact that this is, you know, still quite limited. Um, they they hypothesise uh, that the the uh, actually most of what we're able to tell from shoes comes from being able to tell things like uh, gender and age and income so they think that probably the other things are explained by that so for example uh, feminine shoes are rated Mm. as uh, being associated with more agreeableness and agreeableness is basically about being nice being uh, you know kind and empathetic and stuff Uh, and they hypothesize that that's because uh, women are generally more agreeable than men and that's just a you know it's a well-established correlation Um, so you know more research is needed really to find out what we're really learning from people's shoes Mm. Mm. Um, of course like everything as soon as these things get get found out so for example the correlation between comfortable looking shoes and um uh low attachment anxiety for example uh which apparently is one of the few things that people didn't pick up on even though they said so that just by looking at the shoes they were able to find these correlations and people more or less used them all except for a couple of them but of course as soon as people you know have the keys they'll start exploiting it you know that's the problem we'll see if we learn well if i want to look clever then i need to get red shoes with you know brown laces then you know we'll all be doing it and the the value of the signal will be lost but that's go. why these things evolve so 
Yeah, but there'll so be a like, new ev- evolution, right? Yeah. yeah. So let's just finish off. Let's describe each other's shoes. Um, Chris, no, tell me. No, tell me about Nick's footwear. Um, he uh, has none. Um, so he's he's bare barefooted. He's gone um, for the caveman look. Yes, he has. He's signalling something. Well, yeah. ju- I mean, just for. I mean, we're in my house, so just to make the, make it clear for listeners that I haven't <laughs> I haven't traipsed across town with no shoes on. <laughs> Um, I, I, if I, my, my actual, my shoes of preference are, uh, some black suede boots. You beat Nick, you. Yeah. Um, and tell me about Chris's. Uh, he's got, I, I, what do you call those deck shoes or something? Yeah. They look like sailing shoes or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they're kind of, he's from, he's from the South coast and these shoes are exactly what you'd expect a middle-class person in the South coast to be wearing. They're kind of blue, blue plimsolls with with white, you know, white laces and white trim. Yeah, I'm, he, I'm he happy looks, to fit a stereotype. Yeah, he looks That's exactly fine. like a stereotype yeah. of someone you'd see hanging about in a boating shop. Yeah, and, and um, or a maximum security prison. Uh, yeah, no, um, you're not allowed shoes with laces on in those places. Ah, uh, too true. Uh, what about me? Scuzzy red flip flops look like you bought them for a pound at ASDA. Yeah, I actually had to buy them in Amsterdam. Um, and in fact, they say Amsterdam all over them. Um, and um, it's because I was in Amsterdam and um, I was on business there and so foolishly had not taken flip-flops with me. And I hate wearing shoes. And so whenever I have to wear proper shoes, I just feel very claustrophobic. And I was over there and I desperately needed some. I bought them. They cost about five quid or something. But it's like they're like walking on a tiny, tiny, really thin thin bit of foam and, and indeed that's what they are mm. and so you feel every single pebble underneath them and um the princess and the flip-flop that, they, there <laughs> yeah. we go um but all i would say they're po- perfect for a, a little bit of podcast recording um okay gentlemen thank you very much i very much enjoyed that um i'm fraser mcgrew we've been here with chris rag and nick Hare of aleph insights thank you for listening and until next time goodbye bye-bye <laughs>